Hello, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Final Third Podcast. On this episode, we go in-depth to every single Premier League team, talk about how their season went, what defined it, and how far off we were with our original predictions for this Premier League season. It is quite the ride, so definitely stick around for it. Leave a rating if you enjoy it. And yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack C. Prasad. I'm a fan of Chelsea, Minnesota United, Atalanta, and the French and U.S. national teams. We're going to talk about one of those teams today being Chelsea because we're talking about the Premier League today. But before we do that, I'm joined here today with AJ. Yeah, I'm AJ Spura. I'm the other co-host. A fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United, which we will be talking about, the U.S. national teams, and Minnesota Aurora, who we are currently watching uh, play their first ever uh, home game, their inaugural match in the USLW League, uh, and that's pretty exciting. Cool to see women's sports here. Sold in out Minnesota. too. Sold, Sold out, out all yeah. five thousand six hundred tickets. Absolutely. Very cool. And I, that reminds me, I have to pick up at least a scar from them. I, I don't have a lot of money on me right now but gotta get something there uh, we're not talking about that maybe we will in the future hopefully we will in the future but today for our deep dive episode coming out on friday actually we are talking about the premier league we're going to go over the 20 teams in the premier league how their seasons went the the the, the cool players uh th- that that did well the players that didn't do well what went wrong what went right and more specifically how we predicted these teams to fall at the beginning of the season <laughs> versus where they are now. That's like the guiding context for this entire discussion. So, Jack, it's good to have you uh, back in the the virtual final third studio. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about this. Jack, how how how, how do you feel your, your predictions went? Uh, not great. <laughs> probably uh, that that's that's the best I, I can say about it they didn't do as well as i thought they might but they were all right yeah i did all right all things considered given how difficult it is to predict the premier league yeah it, it is very difficult to predict the premier league because there's a lot of things that can change and it just happens that this is a, the kind of league where you will have breakout stars push an entire team up the standings Meanwhile, some bad coaching decisions can make an otherwise all right team sink to the relegation zone. So that's just kind of how it is. I felt like I did all right as well. Um, And the way that we were measuring all of this is we compare the actual placements of the team versus our beginning of season predictions and find the difference. And yeah, we see how bad we are. We actually calculated our average deviation I, I can't say standard deviation because I, I don't think that's that. Uh, no. But our average deviation from uh, actual scores uh, at the end. So without further ado, Jack, uh, I, I didn't tell Jack this beforehand, but the way that we're going to do this and pick which teams we uh, we talk about, we're not going to go alphabetically because that's very, you know, Arsenal fans don't deserve that. And wow, we're not going to wow. go standings wise because it's it's just going to get really like optimistic and it's going to get sadder and sadder, which kind of sucks. Or the other way around. And, you know, you don't want to front load it. 
So I have put all 20 teams into a random name generator wheel. Oh, okay. Oh, the wheel makes a return. It made made its appearance in this episode, the original predictions episode. Yes, of course. I I don't think I don't think it will be a final third episode without a a random wheel being spun. So I have all 20 names and now I am spinning it. And the first team, I, I no joke, is West Ham United. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I no, mean, I, actually, <laughs> funny, funny you mention this, because I was listening to it again to go over some of my thoughts from the original episode. Uh, the first one when I was spinning the wheel was Chelsea in the prediction. No way, so. that's actually hilarious. <laughs> it, it, fits, it fits, it's fine. That's actually hilarious. Well... Everyone, if you want to find out where you can listen to that past episode in case you want to hear a more in-depth preview, you can go to, you know, the final third show dot com, uh, not the it's just final third show uh, dot com uh, to have a, a one stop shop. Or if you want to hear more of our thoughts on the Premier League or some of the leagues that are wrapping up, such as the Champions League and MLS that's going on right now, follow us at final third show on Twitter. And yeah, so let's talk about West Ham. Uh, let's go over our predictions first for uh, th- these teams, uh, starting with West Ham, of course. I did not have a lot of hope for them, if I'm being honest. I, I-, I had them kind of kind of far down compared to where they were in the previous season. I had them uh, at 11th place, and my kind of reasoning for that was that while the core of the team was very strong, the the depth just wasn't there. And that means that when you, you know, focus on different competitions like FA Cup, like Europa League, which we were in, we would see a drop off of form given like all those comp all those competitions that we were in. And I, I was I, I was pretty excited to see our signings. This was before the transfer window, so I'm actually looking at it, and, and I said that uh, uh, Milinkovic of Fiorentina would be coming in, and that wasn't the case. We did get Areola, though, and we did add uh, some other, uh, I wouldn't say key, but you know, we, we got Vlasic, we got Alex Kral, who I, I think could have put in more of an effort, not more of an effort, uh, more of an impact into the team. But overall, that's where I saw his West Ham team Jack, do you remember uh, why you had them at 10th, I believe, one spot above me, apparently? Yeah, I I have no idea why I had them more <laughs> optimistically than you. Uh, I think West Ham, you know, they I, I thought they overperformed last season, which kind of was the case. They did a little worse this time around. Yes. Uh, but it's the depth that really hurt their season, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we were at Brit's Pub, uh, just about a month ago, uh, when Pulisic scored that 90th minute winner, you know, yeah. best goal I've seen scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, uh, but you mentioned how how many injuries plagued the back line, and that really hurt your chances for doing a little bit better this season. And I I was watching a few videos about this season, and it's weird to think that. That one Mark Noble penalty, the one he's missed, was the difference between Europa League and Europa Conference League. Yeah. Is it, I, that's, that's pretty wild to think about. It, it was definitely a season of very slim margins, whether it's a couple decisions going against our way or a very close game knocking us out of the Europa League. 
And, you know, that's kind of tough. And it's also slim margins because our back line was very slim. I, as Jack mentioned, we once uh, once Dawson got sent off in that Chelsea game, we were at the time completely out of healthy center backs for the next game against Arsenal. And even though, you know, we, we had players come back, you know, we had Ogbana had a, a pretty bad injury, got sidelined early on. Uh, Zuma was kind of in and out. Cresswell uh, was in and out for a while. Uh, Sufal, uh, you know, around there too. And a lot of our other center backs like Dawson and Diop, even though they are good, they're nowhere near the level of, say, Ogbana and Zuma. And so when you have... N- not a lot of investment overall, no January signings, no like senior level, high level January signings. It gets really tough to see this team play out because a lot of these players that are key players like Suchek, like Rice, like Bowen get run into the ground because there's no one to compete with them. Same thing with Antonio. We saw Antonio get have a really hot start, you know, score the two goals to become like what the, the, the top goal scorer in the Premier League for West Ham really early on. And that kind of fizzled out after he had a lot of games being played for Jamaica, for West Ham. And that lack of depth, that lack of ability to sub him out, really, really hurt us. Of course, there were great moments like Bowen scoring 18 goals, 13 assists in all competitions. Getting a call up to England, very, very exciting, very exciting. Love that man. Uh, Him and Rice were just on a completely other level. Rice got hammered the year. And then, of course, the highlights like beating Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham. Great highlights, especially that Chelsea Chelsea game. Uh, Masuaku, not a great player, but scored a crazy goal. And I remember texting Jack about that while he was at a JV Novice State. For yeah, debate. exactly. The State Division. <laughs> tournament. Yeah. Uh, beating Manchester teams in the EFL Cup, making a great run into the EFL, or not EFL, the Europa League as we, you know, Bowed out uh, pretty unceremoniously, but still a great, great run. Uh, and yeah, of course, low lights like losing all those games to end the season, uh, missing out on potentially a final, potentially a trophy to end Mark Noble's career here at West Ham, and probably even bigger than that, the Mar- uh, the Kurt Zuma controversy that happened with his uh, animal uh, uh, abuse incidents, crimes, whatever you want to call it, bad stuff. And yeah, that was West Ham overall. I th- I thought as a fan, it was a it was a, a definitely a good season because we ended up getting seventh place, which is where they ended up being. So that puts my deviation at four. Jack's deviation was only three. So good for you, Jack. To be back in Europe is definitely an achievement for David Moyes to get this really thin squad up here. But next year, next season, I'm aiming higher. I I I want at least. To me, like the bare minimum for a successful season now that we got in top half, my, my, my bare minimum was like getting mid table, getting top half. Like that's why I had them uh, at 11th. Like like that was my my kind of my bare minimum for this team. My bare minimum now, I think, is seventh or at the very least eighth place. And a successful season is getting Europa League uh, once more. So that's why I'm with West Ham. Uh Jack, do you have anything else, anything else to say about West Ham before I spin this wheel? No, I think you covered it well. Uh, of course, it's sad for Mark Noble's career to end, but uh, still, 
very good season by all accounts for yes. West Ham. Yes, yes. All right, let's move right along. I'm sure the other teams will not uh, take up as much time. But we have Leeds United, another Ugh. United team. Ugh. Jack doesn't like them. I hate uh, Leeds. <laughs> particularly because they seem to have a, have a little bit of fight in them that leads to a lot of red cars, which is funny because I just saw a video being posted into the Leeds United subreddit of Jesse Marsh, their current uh, manager, just just like, completely demolishing david beckham in his like his first game uh, uh in, in mls uh, just trucking him over and like getting into like a, a fight with him and all the leads hands were like ah that's the leads in him no wonder he's manager and i just thought that was funny uh. but jack where did you have leads ending up in the season and how wrong were you uh very wrong uh i i remember this because I said Leeds it Leeds is one of Chelsea's biggest rivals. Regardless of what anyone says, the rivalry between them is huge ever since that FA Cup final game uh in 1970 where you know it's it's called one of the most violent games uh to be played because I think uh, an independent referee went back and said there should have been like eight red cards or something crazy in that game. Uh mm -hmm. it it was it was bad, but I put Leeds finishing in ninth. I had them in ninth place, uh, yes. which was very wrong, you know, and I think I think we both rated them pretty highly. And it's easy to see why when you look at the season before, right, the season before. They'd done pretty well, right? Like they they had they had a chance of getting into European competition, it looked like. But this season, it looked like they had some Sheffield United syndrome, if I if sure. I might say. Uh, a little bit of overperformance last season and a big, big swing of the pendulum the other direction this season. But that is because of a lot of injuries. They had to suffer through a lot of injuries. Yeah. Calvin Phillips was gone early on in the season, who was really important to how they play. And then Patrick Bamford, their main source of goals, got injured and I don't think has played more than 10 games this no. season. Uh, Liam Cooper so, as well. Uh, right. Whoa, important had a, a long-term injury and Rafinha even though he has played a lot was sometimes like touch and go so yeah I, I think injuries were a, a big reason why they hurt a lot this season mm -hmm. but we can't talk about Leeds without talking about one figure leaving one very important figure for Leeds leaving which would be Marcelo Bielsa getting sacked uh yeah. I can't remember exactly when was it February or March if it was March it would be fitting uh, because in came Jesse Marsh uh, to try and save them. Yeah, well, uh, he he got he got fired. I believe February twenty seventh after he lost the last four games previous to that uh, by a combined scoreline of seventeen to two. Which right, is kind of the scorelines that you would see when you have such an attacking minded team with not a lot of defensive stability. Yeah, and you know Jesse Marsh came in and. Mm -hmm. Produce some Madness. good moments. Produce some, yeah. Produce some good moments. There is that uh, a lot of last minute winners. Honestly, yes. Like, I, I, if if there's a, if there's such a thing as marsh ball, that that's what it is. <laughs> that that's marsh ball is is last minute winners apparently, uh, which hey isn't a bad thing. It's it's what has kept Leeds in the Premier League this yeah, season. Literally, quite literally. Yes, with that, <laughs> with that Harrison 90th minute goal to yeah, uh, secure safety. 
Right. Like they had already survived because Burnley had lost Newcastle technically, but mm-hmm. still like that's that's pretty big. Any uh, regardless to finish the season on such an emphatic note, which was very good. Uh, I I thought like, you know, Leeds, I think at the beginning of the season, the expectation was finish mid table. But by the end of the season, the goal had shifted to survival and they they did reach that, which is what matters, I guess, for yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, I, I had them, where did I have them? Pretty close to oh, where you had them. I had them in 10th place because I, I, I saw what they were doing in their first season up. And I was like, OK, I literally wrote down like the goal is stabilization, even if that means dropping off a little bit, finding a rhythm. So it's not just like crazy off the off the walls. Bielsa ball was the goal. And obviously that stabilization didn't come a lot through injuries and, you know, you 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 could put a lot of it on Marcelo Bielsa being unwavering with his tactics, uh, leading them to kind of the relegation zone come February where, you know, they did not win a ton of games at all during that 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 two month period before he got sacked. And, you know, I, I've said my piece about it, right? I, I, I've said that Bielsa is a good manager and I, I really think that he would have been the man to either lead them back up or, you know, keep them in it. However, I, sh- I will say that Jesse Marsh has done a-, a very good job with this team. And I gave credit uh, uh, in the-, the last episode, but, you know, they played a little bit more conservatively. They didn't score as many goals as they would when they win, but they still, you know, scored a, a-, a good amount of goals, kept balls out of the net, to the point where they were able to survive on that last day, uh, getting just barely uh, beating out Burnley to be safe with in 17th place. That's very that's very important that they did that, obviously, because, you know, you want to stay up. But also because now that, like, I really looked over the season, I think that them surviving by whatever means possible, even if that meant firing Marcel Bielsa, was a gamble, and we'll see how that p- pays off long term. But I think I will admit now. I think that that worked in the short term because now they're able to sell Rafinha for a higher price than they would have if they they dropped down to the championship. Now they're able to actually afford Brandon Aronson, who's coming in for a reported like twenty eight million dollar fee from RB Salzburg, and it's because of those movements that instead of having to rebuild. They're rebuilding, but instead at their base level where it is right now, which I think is really important. So Leeds United, I'm optimistic on where they're heading. I wouldn't say that it's going to be right away like 10th place mid-table because they are probably going to lose Rafinha, maybe Calvin Phillips, but I'm excited to see where they are going. All right, Jack, the next team on this wheel that I just spun is actually, no joke, Chelsea. Yeah, let's go. And Jack, I, I, I did not write anything down for Chelsea's review, so I, I'm sure uh, you would have handled it perfectly. Uh, I, could, I, could, I could do that, yeah. Yeah, but I, I did you know, write some notes for Chelsea. Uh, I did not have them getting first place. Uh, I had them getting second place, which is, you know, only one off uh, for, my, for my deviation. And my notes that I wrote down were Lukaku is scary. A trophy is expected. 
they did win two trophies. Two trophies, actually. yeah. They, it, it could have been four. It could have been four. But unfortunately, <laughs> no, that was not me. the case. It was only <laughs> yeah. a couple kicks away from being four. Uh, but seeing a four, I also asked, what is the front four? A question that, Jack, I'm not even sure if you have the necessary answer for that. So, Jack, why don't you talk about uh, your predictions and where Chelsea ended up heading uh, from there? Yeah, well, uh, listeners will know I back my teams. And I backed them to get first. And to be fair, for like the first half of the season, it looked good. It looked like that prediction was good. And then December hit. And like it always does, Chelsea started to drop off. But there are a few key factors that factored into that seems redundant. Why why Chelsea dropped a lot of points. And I can. I'm going to I'm going to talk about one of the most important ones, which is Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell getting injured in that game against Brentford after scoring the the eventual winner. That was bad. That really hurt us for the rest of yes, the season because for sure. he he I think is so underrated in terms of like left back slash left wing back position. He is very good. He gets forward and attacks and crosses really well. Scored scored quite a few goals. He had two goals and two assists in like eight appearances for for Chelsea in the Premier League. That's pretty good for a left wing back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also really good defensively. But as soon as he got injured, Chelsea had to deal with Marcus Alonso, or as fans have recently dubbed him, Alon Slow, because he is the slowest man known to man when tracking back. Yeah. Uh, I... I I can't explain why, except that he's old. Uh, he's 32. So uh, it kind of makes sense that he that it takes some time to get back there. And his defensive positioning is never great. He's great for attacking, but that defensive positioning was gone. And once teams recognize this, you'll notice that a lot of th- of times when Chelsea got scored on, where were they attacking down? Right through the right flank or, or our left flank. So there. So the other team's right. You know, they they exploited that. And once that weakness was found, Chelsea just weren't the same defensively for the rest of the season. And I think that was kind of the story of that. But also another big factor, you know, the sale of the club. That's that not only that's not only going to affect the future of the club for like next season, but also affects them a lot now because a lot of players had no idea what was going on. Uh, and to be fair, it's kind of difficult to focus on playing when, you know, you have no idea who your next, who, uh, who your employer is going to be mm-hmm. right. The, uh, in a few weeks. So it, it's, I can see why, why it's a bit tough, but at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm still pretty happy with Chelsea's performance this season because I, we did close the gap between Liverpool and Man City. And also, we technically did improve. We were fourth place last season. We were third place this season. So yeah. there and, is slight improvement. And, and you, you, you did win some trophies. Won the that Club World a- Cup. We're the champions of the world as as yeah. far as until like December when the next Club World Cup is. So there is that. Uh, it's the one trophy that Chelsea have never won. So, you know, winning. I mean, technically now there's the Conference League trophy, but uh Still like that. That's that's the only major trophy that yeah. Chelsea were missing from the trophy cabinet, which is huge. So that that makes the season 
pretty successful in my opinion. And, but and how about the EFL Cup and FA Cup? Yeah, that was th- those were rough losses. Uh, but at the end of the day, one of those I, I'm still mad about VAR about. I, I still <laughs> think Lukaku was onside. He he very much looked onside. Uh, so. I feel like Chelsea probably should have won at least one of those, but sometimes, you know, that's that's how the game goes, and you're just unlucky in some of those. Sometimes, especially in penalty kicks, you, you can't really can't really predict that. But you know, Chelsea held their own against Liverpool in every single game this season. Yes. They didn't lose to them in regular time in a single game this season. Two zero zero draws going to penalties in cup finals. A 1-1 draw away at Anfield with a man down, might I add, and a 2-2 draw at Stamford Bridge. That's pretty solid. And you that, th- that's worth the, not having two trophies. Those are trophies in themselves. Okay, no, let's not, we're not going that far. I'm not going that far with my positivity here. But it, it's, it's still promising signs. Uh, I, I think... Todd Bowley is going to invest in the squad over uh, the summer. Apparent reports are saying that he's going to invest 200 million, which a lot, you know, is, is a lot. Yep. And uh, it looks like Jules Koundé is probably going to be coming to Chelsea. Usman Dembele for next season. But I, I'm excited for, for it, even though there were some some offensive woes here. Yeah, and there. I, I was just going to ask. Yep. I, I think I think it was like the the tail of two players, right? You you have Mason Mount, who ended up being your top goal scorer, top assister, and then yeah. also somewhere in there, Romelu Lukaku, who at, at many points in the season rode the bench for a while. So yeah, tell me about those two. Obviously, Mason Mount is other than missing penalty kicks, very good this season. Okay, okay, don't you don't you don't need to make fun of him. Like objectively, <laughs> objectively, other than scoring penalties, he was very good this season. That's true. He he was great, and uh, he he won Player of the Season, and well deserved for him. Eleven goals and ten assists in the Premier League. You know, when he got promoted to the first team at Chelsea, he said that his goal was to get in double digits of goals and assists in a Premier League season and to keep that job. level. He he made it. You know, the the last two seasons he was he had 6 and 5 in 2021, uh 2020, 2021, 1920 he had 7 goals, 5 assists. This season he really proved why he is going to be one of Chelsea's most important players for uh-huh. Honestly, I could see for like the next decade. I I do think that he he has that longevity to him. He is an incredible talent. He's he's very good. He's he's good from set pieces. Uh, a lot of assists from set pieces this season, and he was really good from open play too in creating chances. There were a lot of times where he was the only one creating chances on the field, and that was super useful. Lukaku, on the other hand, I feel like we were just using him wrong the whole season. One thing that I wanted to see more of, because he actually played well, like pretty well when we saw this, playing alongside Timo Werner. That would I we saw it in like a few League Cup games and a few FA Cup games. They worked really well together because both of them played in two striker systems and thrived in two striker systems. They they fit each other perfectly, but they just weren't used as much. I I wish they were utilized more together. 
or even, you know, Kai Havertz and uh, Lukaku together, which we did try a few times, seemed to work pretty well as as well. But I, I'll, I'll be interested to see. I think Lukaku is going to stay this season. I think Timo Werner might be on his way out. We'll see on that. But uh, attacking attacking wise, one of our best players was a defender, Reese James, which kind of tells you a lot yeah. about Chelsea's attack this season. But hey, I, I mean, he was great this this past season. Uh, I, I can't remember exact. It was five goals and nine assists in 22 starts from right wing back that those are really good numbers for from any position honestly like for from any position bar like attacking midfield i mean even for an attacking midfielder those are good stats mm-hmm. uh and he was he was great uh at you know getting crosses into the box creating chances uh he actually had uh i i i remember i sent you this on sunday aj about about the stat because, you know, there's a debate about Reese James versus Trent, right? All the time. But Reese James, his ex goal, uh, expected goals and expected assists, 8.3. He had 14 in total to end the season. Trent, 15.9 expected goals and expected assists. He had 14 uh, goals and assists. So I don't know. And, uh, you know, uh, Reese James did in less appearances. <laughs> I any any time I get to do Reese James propaganda is a good time. So, yeah, even uh, though that <laughs> propaganda is completely unfounded, I should say. Oh, no, say. It's, it's completely founded. Did you see the stat? Did you not hear the stat I brought up? Come on. I, I, Goals I was and actually very all cu- that matters. Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually very curious about Reese James versus Trent Alexander Arnold. And I, I did some looking into the stats and. There are a lot more stats out there, as you are, you know, alluding to with your joke. <laughs> and it's crazy how Trent Alexander-Arnold is. And maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, but, Jack, we are currently on track to have a four-hour episode. So let's get... Well, we've uh, gotten past both of our, our teams. Yes, so exactly. We, we, we've gotten uh, so past both of those. We're going to talk about some teams that we aren't going to go as in-depth uh, on. But, you know, we still have a lot to say. Uh, the wheel says that Leicester City is next. Okay. Uh, Leicester City, who... Uh, I I said was going to be fourth place. You said it was going to be sixth place. Did worse than what both of us thought they were going to do with them getting eighth place. And I should say that one of my predictions when I said when I looked at their weaknesses was their defensive depth. I talked about uh you know Fofana. I talked about uh uh so- Soyunuchu. Soyunuchu, yeah not being uh enough to keep them afloat uh i i I did highlights some of their key players daca you know had an all right season got i think 13 goals or so not as as lighting it up as much as i thought uh they'd be uh had some amazing players though uh james madison uh, amazing uh, amazing uh player uh tealman's had a great great season as well vardy of course did what Vardy usually does. It's been like, what, 10 years since he's come to the club and he is an absolute legend. Kept them in a lot of games uh, this year. But overall, it was an underwhelming season. They got the Community Shield uh, to start off the season, beating Manchester City. They got into the semis of at the Conference League uh, after you know bowing out in the group stage of the Europa League. Lost to Roma in that, but still, not a bad run as well. But Rodgers is a great manager. 
but it's undeniable that they've legitimately dropped off since reaching fifth place in the last season, getting FA Cup uh, last season, and before that also having a fifth place finish as well. They had a lot of defensive injuries and a lot of defensive lapses, and that comes, again, back to their defensive depth. So I think once Leicester City fix that, they're going to look a lot better. But I have a feeling that a lot of Leicester fans are going to be underwhelmed by the season after having such a great season before and wanting to build off of that and failing in pretty much every single facet except, you know, Europe. But that's still the Conference League when, you know, Europa League, they made it to the knockout rounds, you know, bowed out in the, the round of 32 uh, last season. But still, it's it's definitely not a great look as it stands. Jack, what did you think about Leicester? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild that they dropped off so much, given that, you know, they didn't have any high-profile departures, yeah. really. Like, they, they added in, actually, a lot of decent-looking players. You know, Adam Lookman, Yannick Vestergaard, Ryan Bertrand, Sumare, and Daka. But none of those signings really had the full impact they were hoping for, it seems. And that did hurt them a little bit in this. You know, their midfield was all right, but wasn't as good as it had been. You know, Telemans, he had a good season, but I feel like he dropped off from last season. Uh, Vardy was still very good. James Madison was good. Harvey Barnes was good. Their offense wasn't the issue. Their issue was a lot of defensive problems. And I was it James Justin who was out for a good point? Yeah, James Justin was out for a large mm-hmm. part of the season. Uh, and he was really good for them. He could play either side, left back or right back. And not having him really harmed their chances, I feel like. And, yeah, uh, you know, they were they started out this season with a three back system, which wasn't really working for them. Switched to a four-back system. Still wasn't working and still leaking goals. But... It's just bad. Yeah, it just wasn't good defensively. And I'm not sure really what to diagnose it as, like where the main issue is. I mean, you could probably look towards just the quality in defense. Jack, I, I, I I want you to guess, where do they rank in XG conceded, with one being like the most XG that they've conceded? Uh, well, Norwich are still a thing, so I'm going to yes. say third. I'll say third. Very close. They got they were fourth with extra okay, conceded, okay. meaning that it, it's not just like random errors from goalkeepers. It was legitimately the chances that they were giving opposition were good chances. Uh, and that's, of course, uh, corroborated by the fact that they were also fourth place in clean sheets or lack of clean sheets. They only had seven clean sheets this season, which also points to defensive errors, not just with uh, giving up chances, but conceding those chances as well. So a lot of bad things in that defense. Yeah. All right, Jack, let's go into a team that does not have a bad defense, and that is the champions, Manchester City, who just... As I talked about in the last episode, just barely won the league, even though for the most part, they were pretty much in control. But thanks to a comeback against Aston Villa, they were able to secure a 3-2 victory and win the entire league. The fourth 
title under Pep Guardiola in the in like you know the time five of the years. League. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, what else can you say other than it? It's been a legitimately great season uh, for uh, for this club. You know, I, I I talked about it in the last episode when you look at when you look at all of like the team stats. Manchester City are head and shoulders above pretty much every single other team in every single regard, whether it's goals per match. I mean, they have the likes uh, uh, they have the likes of Kevin De Bruyne to put in goals or Raheem Sterling or Riyad Mahrez, all of which scored double digit uh, amounts of goals. You have of one of the best back lines in all of football with with uh, Ederson in the back line and the entire idea of the back line being pretty much plug and play a top with clean sheets top and expected goals they were getting good chances uh top in shots on target per match they were getting quality chances uh they were on the bottom of the xg conceded meaning that they conceded the let the least amount of expected goals and yet beyond this they still only conceded one penalty they still were bottom for yellow cards and red cards completely on the bottom a very disciplined team i mean this was just this was just a very very well-oiled machine that comes back to their manager pep guardiola and now they're getting erling holland right and and they're also getting that one guy who literally i'm forgetting his name but he scored a double hat trick in the copa libertadores uh just like yesterday or today like like that is the quality of players that they are pumping their squad up like this is julian alvarez yes thank you yeah exactly it, that, that, that's insane right and even though they were they bowed out to uh i keep on saying bowed out this episode uh they lost to real madrid in the champions league it was just dominance within the league itself which says a lot about the longev- longevity of this team throughout a 38 game season and I'm continued. I continue to be impressed by them. I continue to be angry at how good they are, uh, but this was definitely a historic season for them. Ninety-three points, very impressive. Jack, anything else about Manchester City? Yeah, I mean, well, that last game of the season against Aston Villa kind of just sums up Manchester City perfectly. You know, you never count them out. You can never count them out. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the scoreline is. You can't count them out because they came back from 2-0 down with 15 minutes to go. And they won the game and won the league because of it. Mm-hmm. It takes a very special kind of team to be able to do that. And and not not just that, they scored three goals in five minutes. That shows just how quickly the tide can change for yeah, them. They, the it's mentality. like a switch. It's like a switch. It's a yeah. light switch. It's crazy, honestly, that they can do that. And uh you know, Kevin De Bruyne was great this season. I know a lot of people are questioning why he won player of the season for the Premier League. I, I can tell you why, because he was incredible this season. Yeah, he, uh, he, he put the team on the, on his back when he did. They, they struggled for a, a good amount of time uh, They usually can carry on without him. But Jack, the second half of the season, you know, he finished he finished the season 15 goals, eight assists. Mm-hmm. The second half of the season, 10 goals, 7 assists. What, I know. Like, what is that? That That is not okay. That's, that's crazy. That's 
almost a goal or a goal contribution every game for the yeah. second half of the season. That's that's incredible. Like that that is a world class player, which we know Kevin De Bruyne is. But even crazier, his expected goals six point two three. He scored fifteen from that. That yeah. that's crazy, and he he was great for the for a lot of this season he carried the team forward he created chances he made he his passing created opportunities and yeah he he won he won the te- this team the title he yes. he is the reason why manchester city are champions also fun fact he equal he has the same amount of goals at the Molineux as raul jimenez does that's hilarious kind of sad it is. Uh, he it loves is. playing against Wolves, doesn't he? I yeah. I mean, he scored four goals against him. So yeah. I, I mean, that that's. It's not just anyone who can do that. And Manchester City, you know, it's it's not obviously it's not just De Bruyne. It's Rodri who had a great season. Cancelo who had a great season. Foden uh, had, had another uh, good yeah, season. I don't like praising him, but Foden did do well. Jack uh, Grealish kind of was disappointing. If he I'm was. Being honest. That's like the. Here's the thing, though, that that's the one disappointing thing that you can point out from the season, isn't it? Yeah, that that's it. The only disappointment that you can point out in this season is Jack Grealish, who let me just check, had. OK, he had three goals and three assists. That's not great. <laughs> that That is not great at all. <laughs> that's not what, that's really bad. Over a hundred million dollars uh, for. Him. Yeah. But he had he had 53 key passes. Still, still not great. Twenty two percent cross accuracy on seven not cross. Great, not great. I, uh, I do want to say I, I can think of one other disappointment, and that is uh, Zach Steffen's showing in was it the, the FA Cup semifinal? Oh, true. That, so, but that wasn't in the Premier League. That's that wasn't in the, the Premier League. League. Was a disappointing part. It of the was season. still and, pretty bad. And, and obviously losing to Real Madrid, and you know still not getting a Champions League. But Premier League, very good, very good indeed. Jack, the next team we're talking about again, uh, this wheel just knows what to do because the next one is Manchester United. Oh, nice. Okay. Jack, actually, before we get to that, I want to hear Manchester City predictions. I had them in first. I got it right in the dot. Jack, I had them in second. You backed Chelsea. Yeah. Again, with with the phrase I've used, you 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 have to back Manchester City until they prove you otherwise. Yeah. That was not the case with Manchester United uh, because we both backed Manchester United and they let us down. We had Manchester United finishing in third place, the both of us. They finished in sixth. Very close to getting Conference League of West Ham could actually beat Brighton. Uh, but Jack, how did Manchester United do and why did they let you down? Uh, well, this is legitimately Manchester United's worst season in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just it it is the worst. They 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 had fifty seven goals and fifty seven conceded. Only one more point on the table. Fifty eight points. Uh, they they were just not good, really, at all. Uh, the one shining yeah. point of the season is Ronaldo. He he was good. He scored uh how eighteen goals for them. That's pretty good. Uh, Bruno Fernandez scored 10 goals, had six assists, but overall big drop off from him. But I think the big thing that we learned about Manchester United this season is there are way too many big egos in that dressing room who are tearing things apart. Uh, This team is in turmoil more so than any other team. 
they need a lot of help and maybe Ten Hag can do that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, but they need so much rehaul uh, or rebuild. Uh, I, I've, I've been watching a bunch of Manchester United fans like on TikTok talk about it because it is kind of funny uh, to, yeah. to see because a lot of them were like, we're going to get third. We're going to get second. We're, we're going to challenge for the league with Ronaldo up top. Uh, nope. Challenge for Europa League. Yeah. Barely got that. Uh, and it, it was just disappointing all the all around. D- knocked out of the Champions League by Atletico Madrid, right? Uh, and then and then you end the season in the last four games. You take four points from those games. Pathetic. The, it really, yeah, truly, pathetic. truly. Uh, the the only win they got in those five games was against Brentford, which pathetic. Yeah, like they they lost they lost worse to Brighton than West Ham did. Yeah, and West Ham are and West Ham always lose to Brighton. This like, is facts. That, that that is facts. Like, uh, but it it was just terrible from Manchester mm-hmm. United. I like uh, I I know that seems overly negative and maybe a little harsh, but given the standards of Manchester United, this was by all means a failure of a season, an absolute failure. The only thing that would have made it worse is if they is is if West Ham won on that final day and they uh, dropped down to seven. I I I was hoping for it. I, I'm I'm sorry. Literally every other fan of every other team. Uh, that sucks. Jack, I, I have. I have two words that encapsulate this entirety of uh, Manchester United season. OK, that is nine zero. That yeah, is yeah. how much they lost on aggregate to Liverpool in the league this year. 4-0 to zero away from home, 5-0 to zero away, uh, at home. home. I yeah, think yeah. so. That, uh, or regardless, that's a bad score. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter which whether or not you, I mix it up or it. not. <laughs> and that perfectly encapsulates this, this team and the season. An embarrassment, lopsided, and something to forget. When I wrote my preview, I had them in third place. They were runners up to yeah. Manchester City, literally the season before. They brought in Jaden Sancho, who played very well at Dortmund. Uh, Varane, who's one of the best center backs for Real Madrid. The strengths that I pointed out were the defense, were the oh, attack. <laughs> the weaknesses were the midfield. And for Which a good part was of the, true. Yeah, for a good part of the season wasn't the biggest issue it was an issue i'll be honest but yeah for some reason fred was able to actually put in good performances fred was like the only one who improved under ragnick yeah. like for real mm-hmm. i literally wrote down the defense shaw mcguire veron juan Bissaka. now that's a backline that could be <laughs> further from the case that was pathetic of me and i'm sorry for everyone who had to listen to that drivel for for how many how much i, I talked but when you look at their stats they were painfully mid-table. When you look at their form, they were painfully mid-table. And I'm not even saying this as someone that doesn't like Manchester United. I think Manchester United, in the grand scheme of things, are fine. I I, I enjoy watching them play as a neutral. I don't cheer for them, nor do I cheer against them. But I am going to hate on them when they do hateable things. Like when their entire team is full of, as Jack said, egos. And Ralph Ragnick, after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got fired, comes in and basically says, like, this 
team is unteachable. We used to think that was OGS that was the issue with his like kind of uh, rudimentary tactics. But it's pretty clear that you change the formula, you change the different ingredients, but the ingredient that stays the same, and yet the soup still tastes like water, <laughs> that ingredient is the players that stay. And I, I think that bringing Ronaldo in and giving him the highest salary was an issue because he could have gotten some better players off that. But even beyond that, even though I think that is a core issue, looking at the way that some of, some of their players dropped off, like Bruno Fernandez, looking at the way that they decided to sign players, prioritizing instead of needs, big name players like Sancho, like Ronaldo, hurt them in the long run. And there, there were good, good moments to complement the, the terrible beatdowns from Liverpool, like the comeback against Atalanta to uh, go on in, uh, in, in the Champions League. Yet, despite that, despite all of that, it's been a huge failure for Manchester United. Like Jack said, the worst of any season. Uh, maybe, like Jack said, Eric Ten Hag will start a new era. There are rumored signings potentially in, in the, the pipeline, but what a terrible, terrible season. There's no other, there's literally no other way. For a team like this, second to sixth, after all of that, I don't even know. I can't, I'm going to get mad just thinking about how, how much they fumbled the bag. Uh, a team that did not fumble the bag and actually got quite, quite a few bags was Newcastle United. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the story of the season, I mean, we, we could talk about a lot of different things. Jolinton, uh, if he told me that he was going to be like their player of the year a couple of years ago, I would laugh in your face and be like, you're such a liar. But he was. He, he, he was, was a beast in the midfield. Callum Wilson also uh, deserves a, a hearty shout out. Uh, There's some really awesome moments, uh, two to zero over Arsenal. And overall, like it, like they went from legitimately staring relegation right in the face. People are hoping for it. Uh, and now they finished 11th place. They legitimately had in the like the second half of the season, Champions League, Europa League level form. And that's that that's something to say uh, with some of the signings they brought in. Obviously, uh, who they bring in, though, is it Tierney? Uh, that they brought in as a defender. Trippier. Trippier. Uh, I always forget the, <laughs> the, the T's. Uh, the defender T's. Uh, but but they yeah. added on a lot. There there were obviously some some uh, some duds in there. Uh, Almiron had another pretty poor season. Uh, Chris Wood, I, I feel like, did not have the, the level of impact that uh, Newcastle was hoping. But still, very, very good season uh, from them. But the story of the season is not them coming back up and doing well, even though that is a large part of it, but it is getting bought by Saudi Arabia. And the kind of ethical dilemma that comes up with that. And we've talked about that, and obviously we don't need to talk about that here because it's been spoken to to the ground, but still. Plus we have an entire episode on that. We, you listen to that, <laughs> finalthirdshow.com, you can find it there. Uh, but it, it does show a lot about where this club is going and it helps that they were bought out to, you know, for some of those players. So I don't like sports watching. Shaq doesn't like sports watching. It's been an oppressive season, but then there is that background with the human 
human rights violations. Not a great look for the club to be now legitimately intrinsically tied with the club from here on out. And nobody's going to look at Newcastle the same. They're going to get a lot of signings. They're going to start winning games eventually. But it comes at an ethical price. And I'm not going to stand on my high horse and say that the owners for my clubs, Minnesota United or West Ham United, are angels themselves. But it's a different beast. Jack, Newcastle United, thoughts on that? And where did you have them uh, finishing? Yeah, uh, I had them finishing in 13th, which was only two off, but surprisingly underestimating them, uh, you know, yeah. at the beginning of the season, I, I think like legitimately like November last year, we counted them out completely, right? I, I'm pretty sure we were both like, yeah, they're done, but they really proved everyone wrong with that. Uh, and you didn't, there's one signing that you didn't mention that I'll mention, Bruno Gimarish. Oh, Good. Very, good very good. Great player. Uh, he he really helped them this season. Like he, if if he can replicate the kind of form he had for Newcastle uh, in that second half of the season, you know, when he uh, from when he signed like next season, Newcastle are legitimately like European level competition uh, competitors like they they are that close. Uh and like you said, Jolinton was impressive. All it took was a move to midfield, which, mm-hmm. you know, hey, it worked out. Uh, their defense still needs work, yes. But the the important thing for Newcastle fans, I think, is that they stayed up. And yeah. that's what Newcastle fans cared about uh, after, you know, the start to this season, where wh- when was it that they won their first game? It was it was it came pretty late in the season it had to be at least november or something it was i'm just checking because oh yeah that's right they started with let me just go through the record to start the season loss loss draw loss draw draw loss loss draw loss draw draw loss draw first win december oh wow december against burnley and then and and then then three losses in a row draw uh, draw and then they started winning and it would it took until January until they started putting up like good form. And they finished 11th place exactly that's nuts that's imagine nuts. if they kept that form up for the entire season that second half's form that's th- that is Europa League at least on lock at least at least right that's the scary part and you know Newcastle it's it's not an ethically bright future but competitively bright future. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, a team that it does not have a competitively bright future, or maybe they do, but probably not, is Everton. <laughs> All we have to say is oof. Uh, I, well, I should say before we move on, I, I put Newcastle at 14th place, and that was three off. Sad days. Uh, Everton, I, I was seven off. I put them in ninth place because I was like, oh, you know, they're building something good here. Uh, uh, Jack... <laughs> Jack, you put them at, at 11th. We both yeah. did not do well because they ended up in 16th place, staring relegation right in the eyes, two inches fr- from relegation's eyes, just a staring contest. And relegation blinked first. Uh, they were able to secure safety thanks to a 3-2 uh, a, a win over uh, Crystal Palace. Yep. They stormed the field. It was crazy. It was so happy. But as Richarlison said, that this team should be doing way way better like this is a 
he he said it was it was it was a, a huge team. I, I I would not necessarily agree with that. Uh, but they brought in Damari Gray, Townsend. Uh, I I put down Rafa Benitez as one of their strengths before. Obviously, that, that didn't <laughs> oh, happen. <God. laughs> that wasn't great. I said they have a squad. Oh my gosh, they have a squad. Yes, that but, is a factual statement. But their weaknesses are something that is currently affecting them now, and that is that their budget, their uh, the, the, their budget was limited due to FFP limitations. They are in a terrible financial situation right now, which is why part of the reason why they they did badly. Uh, part of the reason why they will continue to probably underperform, and then you obviously have the you know you have the Sigurdsson situation. I don't want to get into that too much. Uh, you had uh Calvert Lewin not having the best of seasons, and y- you lose Digne because because Benitez uh, uh ships him off to uh, uh Aston Villa. Villa. That's right, I remember, and. It, it's just bad overall every single Everton fan despite being so happy that they stayed up will see this as a complete failure Frank Lampard is in he he had them and I believe like on the form table to finish off in ninth place good Moshiri their owner terrible chairman terrible chairman the one saving grace from this entire season is the fact that he hired Frank Lampard not by just him handpicking him by but by a committee like he had a committee actually uh, come in, deli- deliberate on the decision, and come to the conclusion that yes, they should hire Frank Lampard, and that is good. However, it just was not good enough. And the three like big shining parts of this team I can look at is Iwobi, who I think had a good season, Richarlison, and even uh, Jordan Pickford. I I thought carried the teams on their back, even when the team was really really getting heavy there for for a second very very close to relegation uh and it, it it took some clutch wins over the likes of leicester city uh uh and crystal palace to get safety failure jack uh it's funny because i i listened to the episode we did uh in august to for this to quote me from the everton section uh when i was going through the final table Everton, 11th. Oh, wow. I can't believe I put them this low down. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Little did I know at that point in time that uh, it could get much, much worse for Everton. Uh, So, yeah, that that was it it was just a bad season. It was a really bad season. We'll see if Frank Lampard can uh, can do whatever Frank Lampard does uh, to 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 do a lot with a squad that maybe doesn't have maybe isn't the most talented because, you know, we, we saw what he did with the, the Chelsea yeah, exactly. squad I was with the say. transfer ban, you know, like it, it, it was an okay squad. It was, it still had some really good players in it, but it wasn't like amazing or anything. Right. So, and we'll, we'll see if he can do something similar with Everton, but uh, I still stand by the fact that it would have been funny if they had been relegated. It, it would have been funny. And it no, one, no one can yeah. change my mind about that, about how funny it would have been. But uh, like you said, Richarlison, I think I think Decore also had a decent season. Uh, wasn't wasn't like fantastic or anything, but he was pretty solid, I'll say. Uh-huh. Uh, 
but yeah, Everton, this is just like a season to write off, honestly. Yes, I 100% agree there. All right, let's move on to the next team, which is Brentford Football Club, uh, the recently promoted team managed to stay up and stay up pretty well 13th place jack was just one off he, he saw he saw the money ball in them he, he saw the potential i said that they would stay up but it's gonna be very close i said 17th i was four off unfortunate for me uh but i don't have much to say about brentford other than it's pretty impressive they won against arsenal on their first game and that really set the tone you had Raya, who got uh, you know injured, Tony, and then Erickson later on, uh, and Pinnock at center back. They were all pretty instrumental. They did have a very bad run of form, let's say mid-season, January, February, that made it look like they potentially could be in that relegation fight, seven losses in eight games. But then Raya came back, which helped a lot kind of get back into their defensively more sound ways. And Christian Erickson finding form after you know coming back from a long layoff from cardiac arrest not being allowed to play in italy getting medically clear to play for this team and helping them not only stay up but really succeed getting 13th place is not a feat that a team that gets promoted would see and not a a feat that a team like brantford with not a huge kind of payroll budget is likely to see And so I think when we look forward, not that this is a season preview, but it's all about keeping on that same trajectory, keeping on the stabilization. It's basically the same thing I said about Leeds is finding that sophomore year stabilization that is hard to come by. And I think when I look at the results uh, this season, there were a lot of up and downs. You're going to get that literally everywhere. Uh, But I am completely happy with what I've seen from Brentford. And I think that, you know, keeping a a good amount of goals out of your net and scoring a good amount of goals as they have done pretty uh, mid table in that regard is, is honestly a success for a promoted, a promotion team. So very good from the bees. I'm really happy to see them stay in and I'm excited to see uh, what they do. Jack. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget at the beginning of the season, like uh, for the first month, they looked like a squad that could potentially challenge for like Europe, honestly. Like they they were looking very solid. That draw against Liverpool, the 3-3 draw was huge. Uh, and, you know, beating Arsenal in the on the first day of the season, the first, like actually the first game altogether of the season. And I, I think that this squad has a lot to look forward to and can do very well in the future. Ivan Tony uh, was pretty good, you know, 12 goals in Absolutely. his first Premier League season. Not bad at all uh, for a debut season. Yoan Vissa was pretty good. Seven goals from him. Brian Embuemo chipped in with a lot of assists. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was pretty good. But I, I think the the medal really has to go to Christian Eriksen. Uh, he was fantastic for the team he 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 led the team to safety really he is the reason why they're staying up and he he, he's been fantastic it's and it's just great to see him succeed after you know euro 2020 
Right. Uh, that is honestly, I think Christian Eriksen is the story of the season mm-hmm. for for the Premier League. That is so cool that he was able to come back and really help this team, which has a lot of uh, actually Danish internationals on it too, which is kind of funny. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to see what they do next season. I I think that they that if they can stabilize, finish like you know tenth or so. Uh, that would be overperforming if they can finish like, you know, kind of mid table, that's a success because, you know, staying up the first few years is the hardest thing that any team can do. Mm -hmm. I agree. A a team that I am looking forward to see next season for different reasons is Southampton, our next team, particularly because this, I think was a step back for the, the Hasenhudel team. There were big moments for sure. Beating Spurs away from home, which is a comeback three to two win. Uh, but that didn't make the sting of the season hurt any less. They lost six to zero to Chelsea's. I'm sure Jack remembers quite fondly. Yes. And they <laughs> lost to Watford and Norwich. That's bad. That's a definition of a mid team. Hasn't Hoodle has done what he could, but it, it was a disappointing year. Livermento, I thought was legitimately amazing he got an acl injury this past uh, april and that might sideline him into next season which hurts so much he was a key part to why they did well james ward prowse who's on my fantasy team legitimately my most underrated pick for that fantasy team he of course bossed where would they be without his free kicks penalties and playmaking probably in the championship honestly like legitimately not a good team at all when you consider how many goals they shipped in 67 which was the highest for any team that wasn't Leeds United Watford or Norwich City that is not good company to be in Jack so you know they have new owners which I'm guessing will invest and they're likely to be looking at a a new backline after you would legitimately assume that their backline would be at least passable when you have the likes of uh, uh, Livermento back there, Kyle Walker, Peters, Bednarek. But I don't know. Maybe uh, was it they lost nine to zero to Leicester City last year? Maybe that just broke their insides. And now nine to zero to Manchester United last season. Last season, the Leicester nine to zero was two seasons ago. Yes, yes. No, no nine zero loss this season. So. So, so maybe it's an improvement. I don't know. Maybe it's an improvement. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Literally, James Ward-Prowse, a midfielder, central midfielder, was their top scorer. Shea Adams and Broja, seven and six. Not good enough. And where's Armstrong and all of this? I don't even know. Don't even yeah. know. Um, I, I honestly think, like, so I predicted, <laughs> I predicted them to get relegated in 19th. And honestly, without James Ward-Prowse, they would have been. Yeah. Like, seriously, they, w- they would have been relegated if it wasn't for him. Uh, the end of season form is legitimately like just relegation form. Yeah. They, they, they lost four games in a row to end the season Four in a, and yes, they played Liverpool in there, but they played Leicester, Brentford and Crystal Palace as well, which should have all been winning winnable games. They also mm-hmm. lost to Burnley who got relegated Burnley. Cringe. Like it, this was just bad from them. And Honestly, like they, they made some pretty bad signings. I was high on the Adam Armstrong signing. 
I thought he was going to be great. He was great in the championship. He flopped hard. Two goals. And yeah, exactly. And here, here, it it might see it might sound like bias a little bit. Oh my, he got a concussion in his last game of the season. You're kidding me. <laughs> that okay. is well, tough. What, what, uh, but people are people are saying that Lukaku was the worst striker in the Premier League this past season. It's Adam Armstrong by a few miles. Uh, he came in with a lot of hype, I think, and he did very bad. Uh, he was not the impact that they were hoping for. Uh, just he, I, I feel like championship was his level. I think the championship was just his level and moving up to the Premier League really hurt him. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for uh, Livermento for doing well. It sucks for the ACL tear for him. Uh, I'm glad that Broja got, got a, uh, or sorry, Broja, uh, because oh, yeah, right. the Albanian name, uh, that he did well because, you know, he's coming back to Chelsea after his loan spell there. But Southampton just was not good this season. And honestly, if, if there were a few, a few more goal, like if, uh, if there were a few saves that didn't get pulled off here and there, they would have been relegated. They were, mm-hmm. they weren't super close to it, but they, I mean, actually, they were five points off relegation. <laughs> yeah, well, let's be honest here. Never mind. Like they, and they had a worse goal differential than Burnley. Like they, like all that needed to happen for that is two wins, like to turn into draws, uh, and they're pretty close to to, to going down. It, it it could have been bad for them, but they did stay up. Uh, they've got to change a lot. They've got to fix that defense, especially goalkeeper. They don't have, they, we talked about it in the season preview. They didn't have a goalkeeper figured out. They still don't. They've got to figure it out. They still don't. Well, you brought up Burnley and that is the next team I want to talk about. I, you want to talk about Burnley? Okay. Uh, the is forcing me to, uh, <laughs> I, I did beat you in the South hands prediction. I did say that they finished 12th, which is even though I, you know, overestimated them. That's still only three away from where they ended up. Uh, Burnley, however, I was pretty close on. Finished 18th, got relegated just barely. I said 16th, two off. Jack, even closer than that, you said 17th, only one spot off. And Jack, what do you, we have our opinions on Burnley. What do you think about Burnley? Uh, a team that Maxwell Cornett was their top goal scorer with only nine goals. And their second highest goal scorer was Ben Mee, a center back who's been out since the beginning of March with Ooh. three three goals. Yeah. What do you think Yikes. about that? Um, Cornet was great. That's all I can say about Burnley this season, I think, uh, in terms of positives. Cornet, like that, that's it. And the funny thing is, he, uh, he has to go back to his, he, he said he wanted to go back to his parent club, supposedly, in which he had to be informed that no, it was a permanent transfer. <laughs> you're not oh, alone. No, you're stuck in Burnley. <laughs> Can oh, you imagine? No. A, that's a fate worse than death. Can you? That's that's pretty bad. Uh, that championship. But, oh, yeah. No, dude. He he should not be in the championship. He. I have a feeling he's going to leave this this off season. Mm, I don't know. I don't think Burnley can keep him. Honestly, there are going to be teams that want a, a player that can score almost like score nine goals in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of teams could use that. Southampton could use it, you know. Sure. Uh, so, uh, but Burnley, 
they shouldn't have fired Sean Dyche. I, 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 I don't care that he wasn't doing all that well. At, at, like he stuck with the club through everything. And literally after a decade of underinvestment in this team, they start to throw a little bit of money at, at the team, the owners in the off season, the January, the January transfer window. But that was too little too late. Burnley overperformed for so long, but it was only a matter of time, I think. I think people kind of sense that it was only a matter of time before that luck ran out. And then when Sha- uh, when Sean Dyche got fired, I think everyone was like, yeah, I think, I think that it's their time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think Burnley deserve relegation uh, for, for, uh, for sacking Sean Dyche. His yeah. interviews are forever legendary. <laughs> uh, my favorite clip of it is him talking about the looky-like game. Uh, have have you seen that one? That that's, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty good one. Uh, he will be, uh, he will be missed. Uh, that that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a team that was not very good. I feel like no. Nick Pope kept them in a lot of games. Tarkowski, Brownhill, Cornet, obviously, and then after that, uh, Veghorst, who was supposed to be like their very good January signing, was good for like two weeks legitimately what had two goals and missed six big chances despite only coming in january that's cringe very very cringe it's just it's just bad i I think when you talk about them coming back up i think a rebrand is in order i think they need to uh step away from the defensive ball from the from the brexit ball and go more towards a more modern style of playing. And I'm not just saying that because it didn't work out for them. I'm just saying like that might just be the best course of option after firing uh, Sean Dyche. And I, I just think that's the natural progression of things. I think, yes, Dyche was a very good servant to the club, but it's also been a very long time since you've had new ideas. And I think if you want to get back to the Premier League, you need new ideas. To stay in the Premier League, you need new ideas. So a rebrand of like the team's identity, I think, is definitely in order. Speaking of in order, let's go to the next team, which will not be in order. Actually, very close. It is going to be another relegation team. It is Norwich City, who was disappointing. Uh, Jack, I, I can't even name all the, of the failed signings. I, I know you have. Uh, some of them on top of your head. Uh, but Farka was fired. Not a great showing from Norwich at all. They were on, on, on track to get legitimately the worst goal scored and points total uh, because they started off the season with like one point after like 10 games or something terrible like that. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, I have nothing to say other than when you look at what caused a, a terrible season, getting last place, uh, I said 18th place. Jack said they'd survive 16th mm. place. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about that. Uh, but they legitimately had a historically bad season, giving up 84 goals, only scoring 23, 22 points to finish off the season. And I mean, 26 losses will just tell you everything. There's some talk about perhaps they got promoted too quickly. This was a long-term project. And, and maybe, legitimately, maybe they, they shot too close to the sun and didn't actually build a squad that was good for the Premier League. Good for the championship, but not good for the more tactically diverse 
league that is the Premier League. Maybe and maybe they just built a squad that was outmatched. Maybe they focused too much on buying more well-known, higher pieces like uh, Rashika or Rashicha, whatever you want to pronounce it, and not getting more important role players that will actually fix a lot of the problems that they might have also seen in the championship. I don't quite know enough about Norwich to get into nitty-gritty about that, but there is something to say about the squad that they built matching up in the Premier League despite bossing the championship. Because we see Brentford, they've survived, they've thrived. Norwich, who won the championship, didn't. And we see that that's not a one-to-one success ratio. And that it's like the crux of like this issue that Norwich is facing right now. Jack, some of their failed signings, I'd love for you to, to, to say some of them. And also, why'd you have them survive? 16th place, really? They really? fooled me. They fooled me, man. How? They, they, How? they made good. They made signs that looked good on paper. Uh, Christos okay. Solis, who like is a Greek wonder kid, you know, like he he was supposed to be like really good. He had zero goals and zero assists in the Premier League. That is cringe. Uh, Josh Sargent, you know, you you've got to admit you were you were excited to see Josh. I was Sargent very excited, but I also knew that this team was probably going to be very defensive, and I said that yeah. myself. He had two goals and one assist. Uh, this, this is the big one that, that really fooled me. Pierre Lismelou, he, I, I was really excited for him because he was great with Nice. I, I really enjoyed watching, uh, watching what he did there. He, he, did, like, he did very well for them. Uh, terrible. Terrible for Norwich. Uh, and, that, and then Billy Gilmore as well, who went on loan to, to Norwich. I, I, I thought that was going to help them a lot. I thought that would fix their midf- any midfield problems they had. How wrong I was. Uh, yeah. Very, very, very bad. Very disappointing. Uh, but honestly, I should have expected it. It's Norwich. Uh, I really should have. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm looking through their, their results and trying to find the highlight of their season. Not uh, a lot. No, there really isn't. Um, can I find one good thing that happened? Um, I'm really looking. It's I right. guess the it's two right. one the two one win over Brentford away from home yeah. in November. That's pretty good. Two uh, beating Everton isn't huge, I guess, especially when you're at home. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that's that's the best I can come up with, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really bad like that this was just awful but i will thank norwich for the seven goals against them uh that chelsea got that one game which was great uh that that's it they're they're gonna yo-yo back you know they're going to win the championship next year rise too quickly and yep they're gonna fall he's gonna score like 50 goals he's gonna yeah he's gonna break the record for goal for like most goals scored in a championship season they're gonna come back up they're gonna be bad again and it'll be the same cycle For infinite for infinity. That's just Norwich. That's yeah. Norwich's identity. I'm never making the mistake of saying they're surviving. Yeah. I'm never doing it again. Yeah. Well, in that case, you better not make the same mistake with Fulham because uh, I think feel like it's a good mirror with Mitrovic scoring how many goals and then going right down again and, and then not scoring any goals in Premier League and scoring 10 championship. It's no, a, they've it's got the best left back in the world. That's fine. They they do. And the best center back, Tim Marine, right. Tim Marine, right. who signed an extension. We're not talking about Look Fulham. What are we doing? <laughs> Next season. Uh, Yes, we will. 
Uh, we're going to talk about another London club right now. It's Arsenal, who uh, trusted the process, and the process got them far, but not far enough. Uh, they missed out on the championship after 18 points dropped in the last six weeks. I mentioned this in the last episode. Very, very bad, undeniably. Arteta got a three-year extension, and I've definitely softened up to Arteta. I, I think that I've definitely seen a lot more improvements uh, from him uh, tactically. And, you know, there's some kind of boneheaded decisions in in what he has uh, done with this team that I think has ironed out a lot. So I'm fine with the extension as a non-Arsenal fan. uh, But there there is still definitely a lot to be worked on. And as I said in uh, the Monday episode, if they can't figure it out, that does signal a chance that Arteta is on the hot seat. He's on. He's on a. He's already on a, a warm seat because he, he missed out on the champ, the Champions League. And I don't care what any Arsenal fan says. Like that was completely, completely attainable. I literally saw a, a, a Twitter thing, a, a comment where it's like, uh, I just recently started uh, cheering for Arsenal. I guess I'm in for like a rocky road ahead. And someone's like, haha, yeah, are you a masochist? Arsenal's not that bad. Like, I, no. I don't I, I don't know. And I, I know people like Reed and whoever are going to get mad at me for saying this, for defending their team, Reed. But Arsenal, like, they are a good team. Like, legitimately, there are so many players on this team that Arsenal think are bad that I, as a West Ham fan and many other fans of teams, would like to get. And guess what? These are teams that that would take these Arsenal players that in some ways are overperforming their talent level, and yet Arsenal can't do that. And so they drop points, and that, that, that th- they need a better striker. That I will admit. The fact that they don't have a striker is a huge handicap to them. But they also need a new mentality to not give up this many goals or to have a good response to going down a goal that we did see against Tottenham, for example, or against who they play, Newcastle, and they lost. Like. Mm-hmm. Not great showings at all. In fact, Arsenal won just one game where they conceded first. And as a team that wants to be challenging for the Champions League, that's not necessarily a player kind of uh, issue. Yes, you, want, you need the players to execute, but that also goes on to the coach for not being able to get, that, get the game plan set. And you have really good players. Sokka, I mean, I've been, I've been talking about him and ESR a lot. I mean, 11 goals, seven assists, you know, definitely their star player. Uh, uh, Ramsdale also uh, very good. Underrated, I think, uh, by anyone that's not an Arsenal fan. I'm sure Arsenal fans love him. Uh, Tomiyasu, a Japanese right back. Uh, I think he came in January, but he is great. No, Tomiyasu's been here the whole season. Okay, a whole season. I, I, yeah. I might be uh, thinking about someone else, but, he, but he, he's been great uh, this season, uh, which is... Uh, very, very impressive. Can't say the same about necessarily Ben White. He's, he's been good, fine. Uh, but Tomiyasu has absolutely been a steal uh, in that uh, back line of Arsenal. And again, I like where Arsenal is going, but the, the margins are getting thinner and thinner every single season. And I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not going to say Arteta needs to be fired, but there is something to say about 
having his leash be a, a little shorter. Like I, I think they need to make champions. Like I think, I think if they add a striker, they are champions league material. They, they were almost champions. They were legitimately doing very well this season until they weren't. Once, once Arteta has a striker, I don't know what other excuse you have other than like if injuries start hurting or like so many players just dip form after uh, a very heavy World Cup. Like th- those are like the only two, two excuses I can really see. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, Kronke sells the team and that creates like such a huge turmoil. I would love to see that, by the way. Screw that guy. Yeah, I, Jack Arsenal. I'm going to defend him a little bit more than you are. I, this is a, this you, is a really this always this, happens. I I know I I know I'm a Chelsea fan and I should I shouldn't do, defend him as much as I do, but I have to. It, they're a pretty young team. Like it, it's they they've fielded one of the youngest teams in the Premier League this season in week in and week out. And uh, you know, uh, dealing with Nuno Tavares over Kieran Tierney, having Tierney injured really hurt them this season. The I I think I don't think they needed to make Champions League this season for it to be a success. They needed to get back into European competition regardless. Which they did. They did. We and we both good. said they'd get eighth place and you know they finished fifth. That is a, that is legitimate success yeah. in terms like, of our expectations. And yes, it would have been nice for them to get Champions League this season, but they also are just a young inexperienced team. And they did well. And Jack, you, I, you know what? You know what other team was a uh, young and inexperienced. What's that? Who? AC Milan. What happened there? Uh, that's different because they had the goat on the team, so it's fine. They they, they did have they the did goat. have Olivier Giroud. So. They did have they had they did have two goats, and it was a different league. But having a group of twenty two year olds, which I wouldn't say like that they are worse than Arsenal's youngsters. In a lot of ways, they are better. But they also had Pioli, who was able to get the most out of those players. I'm they not also didn't on have Arteta. to deal with Manchester City and Liverpool in, in their league. Yeah, but they also had... I agree that... I'm not saying that Arsenal should have won the league. I'm saying that they should have gotten Champions League. And let's say Serie A is not like the best league, but it's... It is a good league. They had Inter Milan to deal with. They had, they had an inform uh, Dusan Vlahovic on both Fiorentina and Juventus. They had they had Atalanta back when they were good. Like they weren't good at all this season. You don't even have to pretend Atalanta Atalanta okay. weren't good. Okay, I'm sorry. But I Arsenal did very well this season, and I'm not accepting slander on them right now because oh, they 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 impressed me. I will okay. say that uh, they impressed me a lot. Uh, all they need, like literally all they need is a striker. That is all they need to be a team that can challenge for things again. Like on honestly, I think they are so close to it. Uh, so I'm impressed. All right. So, so no Arsenal slander. Can we slander Tottenham hots? Yes. Yes, we can. Even though they did better. Yes. Even even though they do better. I'm legitimately going to say some good stuff about them. Uh, but I want to hear what you have to say first, because, uh, you had them in fifth place just off where they were. I, I didn't believe in, in them as much. So, so how, how do you view the season uh, after a rocky start, to say the least? I mean, they, 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 uh, they did pretty well once they sorted out the whole thing with the manager. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nuno out, Conte in, and everything yeah. kind of, like, no joke, kind of did get fixed. Right. I mean, I can't deny Conte is a winner. 
He wins where he goes. That You can't deny that about him. He is a undoubtedly world-class manager. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that, that Tottenham had a very good season. They had a few low points here and there. Uh, you know, there was the time where they lost to Chelsea, what was it, three times in one month? That, that was a great month for me. That was one of my favorite months of the season. They got they got uh, bounced out of the Europa Conference League group stage. That's true, uh, but that was also due to COVID. Uh, they had to that is true that last game. So yeah, they were I'll, they were nothing was happening. There. I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give them a slight pass on that. Uh, but you know it, it was a they they look legitimately threatening again. Hyunmin Son, honestly, player should, player of the play, season, player of the season. Yeah, uh, people are like, no, Salah is no Son, Son was. He, he, at times he was carrying a team that looked dead uh, offensively. Yeah. Because there were a few times where Tottenham looked dead offense, offensively. Yeah. What was Kane doing? Nothing. Exactly. Like at the beginning of the season, Kane was gone. Kane he, was he just was, running around out there, man. Yeah. Uh, but Conte really fixed them. Amazing like, job. Honestly, like, and the signings they made in January, Rodrigo Bentoncourt. I thought he was going to fall. Really, he ended up being really good. Uh, Dayon Kulisevsky. Fantastic. He 13 should, goals he, and assists. Amazing. He should, he should be a permanent signing for them. The one, the one player who I think was disappointing that you could talk about for Tottenham was Emerson Royale. I thought he was disappointing. Sure. And I, I called it as well. I was like, I, I think he's going to be exactly like, uh, who, who was it that they got rid of that was like the inconsistent right back? Uh, sorry. I, 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 uh, who, who Deli was Ali? it? No, no, no. Um, not a right back. No, he's he, he, Serge Aurier. That's oh, okay. Who okay. I was like, this guy's the next Serge Aurier. He's going to be. He's going to be about at the same level. I think that that's been proven. I did. I was not impressed with him at all. Uh, I I think he was the low point of of Tottenham's uh, team in general. Maybe Eric Dyer is close, but he's also older. So yeah. actually, no, he's 28. Never mind. He's in his prime. That's it's Eric <laughs> Dyer. My bad. <laughs> I mean, I like I, I to, to uh, Conte's credit, like he w- w- was very, very uh, good, not just in getting those attacking players to click, like you said, Kulusevsky in the midfield of uh, Benton Coor. When you already talked about, you know, Sun, Kane, Kulusevsky, legitimately one of the scariest uh, front threes by the end of the season. But he's also able to get a lot out of players that weren't necessarily good before like ben davies sure he's, like, yeah. he's all right but he had like legitimately great performances to end off the year and that's not exactly what you would consider with uh ben davies at least not when uh, nuno was around and when you have like this turnaround you know winning games one to zero getting knocked down the europa conference league to winning games pretty handedly getting into the champions league when he took this team over in ninth place they were legitimately yeah. in ninth place and now they're in the top four that is what a good manager should do and that's what he does and I, tottenham i think i said i said it when they signed uh antonio but legitimately daniel levy has no more excuse they they should and will probably win if they continue with this investment, which they are rumored to do. So I'm really excited to see where this team goes. I think statistically they are in the up after a pretty disappointing uh, start. So really cool to see, even as a someone who hates Tottenham, just as a as a neutral fan of soccer, 
it is interesting and exciting what they are doing. And that is legitimately the most amount of praise I'll ever give Tottenham. And uh, yeah, let's move on to another team that deserves a good amount of praise. And that is Liverpool. Uh, uh, Jack, a FA Cup, EFL Cup, maybe Champions League. How did that happen? It's crazy, huh? I hope not a Champions League personally. Uh, but Liverpool had a good season. They like a very good season. I don't like them, but I, I have to I have to give them credit where it's due. They did very well this season. Uh, that's putting it lightly. Uh, they were one point within the title. They almost won it if it wasn't for three goals in five minutes from Manchester City. Yeah, they would have won the title. Uh, honestly, like it's difficult to point out one player on the team who wasn't good for them. Yeah, uh, it's it's very difficult. Uh, you know. Diogo Jota, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, great front line. Luis Diaz as well in there. Great January uh, signing. Yeah. Trent was good. Robertson was good. Matip was good. Virgil van Dijk was, I'd say he was a little bit below his normal standard. Yeah. Lightly. But that's, once, once he came back, like in January, like came back into form, he was better. But yeah, before that, it was definitely like, not to his standards. Yeah, but like I mean, he sets pretty high standards for himself. Let's yes. let's be real. Like uh but it it was it was a solid squad performance for from Liverpool. I I mean, I can't really fault them for for much in this. They there were a few games where like they were very disappointing. Uh a few that come to mind, the Tottenham game from uh this past May. Uh you know uh, what? What else? What else is there? And uh, uh, the game against West Ham, the game against Brentford, yes. those early season games exactly, really exactly. cost them. Really cost them in this league race. Uh, if if it wasn't for those games, like le- legitimately, if you if they if that last goal for West Ham hadn't been, or actually no, if if they had scored one more goal against West Ham, they they could have theoretically won the title. They yeah. were that close to it. Yeah, I I mean, that's the case with I feel like a lot of their early season games, I think I think the two things that would have swung the tide for them and the kind defined their season was the fact that they did have a slow start. A lot of that was due to uh, some injuries to their defenders. You know, Robertson uh, was out that they they had uh, uh, a, a good amount of issues back there. Salah had to legitimately carry them through the first half of the season many, many times. And the fact that they weren't able to really convincingly compete with City, I think comes down to the fact that they just can't beat City in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. well, it was a loss and a draw, I want to no, say. Uh, two draws, two draws. Two draws, two draws. The, the fact that if they win any one of those games, the, not just like the end of the game week uh, in this final game week, but the entirety of the last month would have looked different because it would have been Liverpool in, in the, the driver's seat. And that kind of difference, it's a, it's a very slim margin, but that makes all the difference when it comes to this title race. And that has def- definitely def- defined their season. And they had great they, moments. They beat United 5-0. to zero. They obviously won two cups, can do the, the cup hat trick at the cup treble if they win the Champions League. Uh, but they also struggled in the first half, 
And the second half, while they did do really good, it wasn't thanks to Salah, who did slow down after AFCON. And maybe if he had better form coming out of uh, like the March international break going into April, maybe they could have catapulted themselves into the title. Very good season. No matter what, nobody actually expected them to win. Everyone, including me, thought Manchester City or in Jack's case, Chelsea would win. And to see them get that close, it's a tough loss, but it is impressive. All right, Jack, let's move on to the next team which is Watford. Right. Uh, did, did you discuss how far off we were? From- oh, yes. Uh, yeah, liturgy. Uh, <laughs> I said they get fifth place. I thought they'd, they'd miss out on Champions League altogether. Uh, Jack said fourth place. I was off by three. Jack's off by two. Uh, for this next team, Watford. <laughs> we both said that they were going to finish last and pretty darn close. Uh, 19th place, just one point off. I got nothing really to say other than they had so many managers. It's what Rob Edwards now. Is it, some, do they have a new manager already? <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Oh my god, uh, that, that's just Watford's thing. That yes, yes, that is their thing. And uh, they had some pretty good signings. A uh, Camara, uh, uh, left back, January signing, very very good, despite a very tough end of season. Uh, Cucho Hernandez, also good performer. Uh, Dennis as well. They'll always have the four to one victory over United to, you know, remember fondly, which is actually the last home win of the season. I'm, oh, God. I'm pretty sure this is in November. Oh, that's that's Not, really bad. It is really bad. Uh, they definitely need stability. And that's my takeaway from the season. I think it's what defined the season is the fact that they never had managerial stability. They never really had any stable uh, playmakers or scorers. Yes, Dennis and King did well. Yes, Cucho Hernandez did well, but it was never something you could really uh, depend on. And I, I learned that pretty quickly when I when I chose Dennis as one of my uh, fantasy players. It just it just was not coming consistently enough. So they need to have more stability. I'm sure they'll get that in the championship, but in order to to come back and succeed in Premier League, they need that. Jack. Yeah. Um... Watford, they they need to stop firing managers at the first t- sign of trouble. That's that's a big issue. Uh, it just hasn't been it just hasn't been good for for them. They, like it's impossible to create any semblance of team culture and stability when you fire your manager every uh, every six months. Like it, it's just not possible. The the one the I mean, Dennis was good. I could I could see him like you know trying to get a move and stay in the Premier League. I could I, see. I would it. take him at West Ham. There, there's I been mean, rumors. People, <laughs> other fans don't like him because they think they think that it was just a one-off thing. I think he's good. He he is very good. He he did slow down a little bit towards the end of the season, but that he's still true. a good player. Uh, the, the one thing that I'm sad about with Watford is Ben Foster le- leaving. I think he's retiring. Ben Foster legend of a goalkeeper honestly uh he he has a youtube channel which uh the watford were not happy about that yeah i was gonna say is any of the youtuber that was posting like stuff like while they were losing like four to zero yeah yeah but he he is he is a legend he's been playing he's been playing since like 2002 like he's been playing for almost the entire time we've been alive like he he played for for manchester united uh, played for Watford like in in 2005. 
made a made a long career for himself at West Brom uh, and finished his career off at Watford. Uh, he's been very good. I think he has the most saves in the Premier League overall. That's crazy. Which is pretty cool. Uh, that's kind of sad that he that he that he's leaving. Uh, but yeah, we both kind of knew Watford were we're we're here for for uh, for a good time, not a long time, and not even for a good time. Yeah, uh, a team that was here for a good time was Brighton. Yeah, Hope it I'll be in. And uh, what was not a good time for me was the fact that Brighton got ninth place on the backs of, you know, doing the double over West Ham, sadly. And that led to them placing pretty high, you know, ninth place, pretty, pretty good, very successful. However, that came at a cost because I said that they were going to get relegated. <laughs> I don't even know. I actually want to look back and see uh, my justification. Uh, we, we split up the the which teams we do a deep dive on. I'm pretty sure Brighton was not one of my teams. Oh, it was, and I still decided to put them last. Uh, I said lack of investments. Mape being an unconvincing striker, still kind of believe true, that. True, true. Lamptey being a glass cannon, still kind of believe that. If they reinvest the Ben White money correctly, it could be partially mended. And I, I, I'd say it's not like they really like invested that money per se, but they did fill that hole because they had amazing seasons from the likes of Beltman, Trossard, Dunk, Webster, and a new season signing uh, Mark Cucurella. Mm-hmm. And um, they, ha- they had some good highlights. They got the draw against Chelsea in December. That was a highlight. They got Overall, two draws against Chelsea in like December and January. Yeah. And it's been a very uh, statistically impressive season for Brighton, who at this point has never gone this high. Keep in mind that they, they came into the Premier League for the first time just a couple seasons ago. This was their highest position with the most goals, least conceded, and most points. If they can build off of this, unfortunately for West Ham, Europa League is in their sights or Europa Conference League, whatever. I think Graham Potter has done a very good job building this team. I think it's a I think it's a testament to what happens when you trust in a manager to to have the the transfer window flexibility that he has been uh, given by the team. So very, very happy with that. Jack Brighton, what do you say about that? Where where did you put them? Uh, I had them in 15, which, you know, better than you, but uh, Uh, yes, still not not sold them short. And they they did pretty well this season you know i i was i was impressed with a lot of their squad uh alexis McAllister was a pretty solid player uh, this season uh, i i believe he's pretty young still tw- just 23 uh i also want to shine a light on enoch mwepu who was yes very, absolutely very good this season came into his own in the latter half uh Yves Basuma, uh pretty good uh, what may, maybe a little bit less than he uh, than he usually was for his game, uh. But Moise Moise Caicedo uh, is it that also young guy, twenty years old, but did very well in the center of midfield. So Brighton have a lot of younger players on their hands, and I think they do have a promising future here, and. I think that's kind of cool because I, I actually like Brighton quite a bit. I, I don't mind them. You would say that. I, I, I do. I, I do really enjoy them. Uh, so I, I love Potter ball as well. Graham Potter. 
great manager. Actually, when Frank Lampard was uh, was, was sacked, I, I was even thinking like Graham Potter wouldn't be that bad of a guy to replace him. I like unironically, I I think that Graham Potter is a solid manager, and uh, yeah, I I I really I really hope that Brighton keep keep moving forward with with all this and keep doing better and better. All right, cool. A team that I'd rather uh, not do better is Crystal Palace, who did do pretty good. They got a 12th place. I said they get 15th. Jack said that they would get relegated. Uh, cringe, cringe, cringe. Well, Jack didn't realize that Patrick Vieira was taking over. And I actually said that that was a, a potential weakness for Crystal Palace. I, was, I did I was, too. I did too. I, I was wondering, like, did, did he have uh, the talent a talent level to prove that he's worthy of a Premier League spot. I even said, like, this is not a great squad talent-wise. And it all comes down to Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira did a very good job. Uh, and I think the 1-0 win over United on the final day sums it up. It is a new dawn for Crystal Palace. Statistically, just like with Brighton, it was a, a very impressive season. The least amount of goals conceded, least amount of defeats, second most goals scored, and the second highest points total for the club in the Premier League. They had a good run to the FA Cup semifinals, which, you know, Patrick Vieira did very much take credit for, and uh, it really helped propel this club forward. And, you know, you look at the 3-0 to zero win over Arsenal in April, like these are... These are good wins. This is a, a good club. And the fact that they're seeing this, this quality, despite no, I would say, like, out-and-out out star players that would do the change, and it's, like, mainly on Patrick Vieira, is impressive. I'm not saying that they're going to get the Champions League next season, but I am looking at them to be in, like, the top half of the table, potentially. Jack, where did you have them? Uh, actually, we know where you had them. Yeah. My question is, why? Uh, I didn't trust in Patrick Vieira, and I also didn't. I didn't trust in a lot of this squad. Uh, I didn't. I didn't particularly rate it, and I also thought Patrick Vieira was just the wrong guy. Yeah. I also was, didn't trust in either of their goalkeepers. I still kind of stand by that. I don't think either of their goalkeepers are all that good. But I'm not. I'm not going to say that they're going to do very well next season because. There's one player that really helped power them through a lot of the season. Yep. Connor Gallagher on yep. loan from Chelsea. He's not going to be there next season. Uh, Thomas Tuchel already stated that he has plans to integrate him into the first team squad for Chelsea. Uh, I, I think Crystal Palace are going to struggle next season. So it's not a preview, but that I, that just showcases how important Connor Gallagher was to this squad this season. Uh I think he I, he won player of the season, I believe, for Crystal Palace uh, for like individually. And I, I'd say that's fully deserved. He was he was great for them. He created a lot of good chances, uh, scored eight goals, three assists from a central midfield. I mean, you can't ask for much better from a central midfielder, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Wilfred Zaha, of course, was good as well. Odson Edward. Uh, if he got a few more games in this squad, he only he only got 18 starts. If he got more starts, I think he he could have scored a few more goals. But you know, nine goal contributions in 18 starts, not too bad. Uh, I 
I think that I think that they'll continue to be mid table. I, I I think they will, but it's not going to be like the days of Roy Hodgson mid table. Yeah, right. Like where where the it's like they were at risk of relegation for a little bit, but they survived. This one, I think they're going to be solidly in there. A few more years of investment, and I think they could be more like top half uh, contending. But still, I, I I think I think that they've definitely had a far more impressive season than pretty much anyone would have predicted. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, speaking of pretty impressive, I'd say Wolves, uh, which is our penultimate team that we're talking about. Uh, I had them in 13th place. Jack had them in 12th place. They finished 10th, so exceeding both of our expectations. And legitimately, it looked like they were going to threaten for even higher. They threatened to be in the European spots, but ended up being you know mid-table. They got 40 points through their first 24 games, which is pretty good. And their last 14 games, 11 points. Not great. Legitimately relegation form. Not great at all. Uh, they had a new coach, uh, Bruno Laga. Is that how Bruno I want to La- say it? La- Laga, yeah. Or Laj. Laj. That, that's another I way to say it. I, I, it's I, Portuguese. I, I, yeah. I, that's all I know because everything at Wolves is Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he was a, his very defensive nature, which is, again, kind of Wolvesy, uh, was enough to get a, a lot of points. Uh, they lost a ton of players and still won around December. Uh, when I look at the squad, I see Cody. Cody was good, uh, but nobody scored more than six goals. Oh, God. And the defenders that we expected to be great, like Kilman and Sice, started to suck. And who else is there to stop the goals from being shipped in? Saw, their goalkeeper. Who needs Patricio when your goalkeeper's uh, XG minus goals is 8.69? Meaning he prevented 8.69 goals by himself statistically that is in that metric makes him the best goalkeeper in the league and yet i still feel like this club should have and could have done better you know uh they've fallen off in recent years from the team selection being weird like for example they changed five players before losing to west ham i feel like that was kind of a misstep when you don't have the depth that some other clubs can afford to have and the manager uh seemingly getting Worse, as more and more players came back from injury in February and March. That's a little confusing and shows that this team is still relatively inconsistent. Yes, they can go on a good run, but at least for this particular season, what defined the season was a drop-off in form that coincided with players coming back and the real heat of the season heating up. And that is inconsistency that will get ironed out as this team goes on, potentially. But if it doesn't, this Wolves team can fall further from 10th or could rise higher than 10th. It, it, it literally is very volatile right now is what I'm going to say. Jack, what do you think about Wolves? Uh, 12th place, pretty uh, close for you. Yeah, I mean, the real story of the season for them is just the attack wasn't good enough. They scored on average a goal a game, uh, which... You know, that that's pretty good to end up in 10th place with that kind of with that kind of stuff. But you've you've got to they they didn't have anyone who was chipping in goals like regularly. You know, Raul Jimenez, yes, he was coming back from a particularly nasty head injury. 
but still six goals only is not good numbers yeah. for your number nine, right? Uh, Pedro Neto, only one goal in, in this season. Big drop off for him. Uh, you know, the, it, it, like you said, it, it says a lot that their second highest scorer. What I mean, he had uh, he Chan Juan five goals, but he he dropped off after an explosive start to the season. Yeah, he had a great start, so much so that it convinced me to put him me, him in my fantasy team. Um, bad choice. Uh, but then you, their their third top goal scorer is a defender. It's Connor Cody. It's it, it's so crazy because we said the same things when we were talking about Burnley. Burnley got relegated. And Wolves didn't. And legitimately, the only reason they didn't, in in my opinion at least, is Jose Saw. That's honestly it. Right. <laughs> Jose Saw is the difference between survival and relegation, it seems. Like, that seems very extreme. But honestly, like, yes, they finished in 10th. But 51 points is honestly not too far away from even 16th. 12 mm-hmm. points off 16th uh, and I mean, on, only 13 points off 17th. Like they, that, that's not a lot sure. uh, it, it, over, over like, you know, a, a 38 game season. So I think it, it's, it's a very volatile team. Like you said, it, it can go one of two ways for it, uh, for, for wolves. They could get like a, a more consistent striker and I think they could do great or they could regress a lot. So we'll see where they go, but very impressive defensive season, but not impressive at all offensively. I uh, agree. Jack, let's talk about this final team and then wrap oh, things up here. One of my least favorite teams. Yeah. Save end. the worst for last. It's Aston Villa, uh, who I'm forgetting where I put them. I, I don't have we, the... we had them both in seven. Yes, and and they finished in 14th place, being Yikes. off by about uh, seven. Yeah, so not great from us, but also we thought Aston Villa would do a little bit better because many of the signings that we thought would hit, and the reason why we put them there, uh, did not hit. Actually, if I even go back to my my uh, description of Aston Villa when we did the preview, I said, wow, they have such great signings. Buendia. <laughs> Ings, uh, 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 who else did they uh, uh, sign? Uh, good question. Um, Tuan Zebe, Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey is the big Ashley one. Ashley yeah. Young. I know you were so hyped about Ashley Young. Yeah. That, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, know, I, I know that was your favorite. <laughs> I, yeah, that was definitely, definitely tough to, to see that happen. Because it was a, it, it was a bold prediction, and it, it definitely did not pan out in the slightest. I, I think that uh, Coutinho as a January window signing has ups and downs. He was probably th- their better signing. I think Digne was like their go-to good signing. Uh, Steven Gerrard took over after Dean Smith and. In the form table, he he brought them to I, I believe like eighth or ninth, which is like not bad at all. And they had some they had some good moments, like a four to zero against Southampton, beating United and Old Trafford for the first time in twelve years. 
But yeah, like it, it was not their new signings that did the trick for them. And that led to them being, you know, 14th place below a newly promoted team because those new signings did not hit. And I think other than Steven Gerrard, you know, doing some good for this team, that is the story of this uh, season. They spent uh, 150 million pounds in the last couple of years on players. And yet nothing has come about with that. I think a lot of that comes down to the chairman, the ownership. And so questions definitely will be asked. Jack, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think that there are some bright spots in their season. Phil Coutinho, great, great, great January signing. I'm a lot higher on him than you than you were. I think he I, was, I thought he was good. I thought he was good, but he was not a uh he became a little less game changing, a little bit more inconsistent, but that is true. Yeah. But I mean, they got him for 17 million on a permanent transfer. Yeah. You know, that that's pretty good considering that Barcelona bought him for 142 million. But uh, I'll also give some praise to Jacob Ramsey, who is pretty young, 20 years old, had a very good season for Aston Villa, was pretty impressed with him. I, I'll, I'm looking forward to see what he does next season. Uh, and then Emmy Martinez, he he had a great season. Like people were calling him one of the best goalkeepers in the league last season. Uh, just did not quite hit the same this season, to say the least. Uh, I think that's fair to say, at least. You know, he he was he did all right here and there, but he was not at the same standard as last season. Uh you know, that, that, that is kind of what hurt them a little bit, but we still remember the, the penalty antic for, uh, uh, for Manchester United's penalty that ended up being skied way up into the atmosphere that gave them that win at Old Trafford. But you're, you're right, though. Their new signings didn't do the trick. It was the old ones that did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ollie Watkins was great for them. John McGinn was pretty spectacular. Uh, Matty Cash, very good for them. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't like Aston Villa much, but I like the, I, I like some of their players in there. And I think especially Jacob Ramsey and Phil Coutinho, I'm excited to see what they do next season, because I think that they're both good players. Uh, one of them more in their prime and the other one, just, uh, just very young, has a lot of talent clearly. Um, and you know, Steven Gerrard, Pretty good manager so far, it looks like. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see what happens. Yes, I will be as well. Jack, that wraps up our review. Quite a long episode, but that is kind of what you get when you have a review like this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, basically what we're saying is a, a short Thursday deep dive next week, for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, but... Going over our average deviations. Well, we should go over the highest and lowest. Uh, my highest deviation was a deviation of 10 spots on the positions. And that was thanks to Brighton. Uh, my lowest deviation was zero because I got the winner, Manchester City, right on the dot. And of course, of course, my average deviation was 3.6. So in the grand scheme of things, not too terrible. It means that I at least got the general placings for most teams, right? I had them like in the right like tiers, so to speak. Uh, Jack, how did you do? What, what were your stats? Yeah, well, my highest deviation was eight, thanks to Leeds. Ugh. Just more ammo for me to hate them, I guess. It's fine. Yes. 
Uh, and then my lowest deviation, I got zero correct. Yeah. Uh, but I had a lot of ones in there. Yeah, just one now, off. Uh, a few that were one off. Not too, not too bad. Uh, and it means that I technically did better slightly on predictions. That is true. Very slightly. I had an average deviation of 3.2. Uh, so again, kind of, kind of the same area. You know, if we're rounding to the nearest whole number, I mean, three to four. I, I don't know. No. I <laughs> all, I right, all right. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. I'll take what I what I can get, especially since I dropped off hard in the fantasy uh, game because I uh, kind of forgot about it. Not gonna lie. Yeah, and I forgot about it too, and I still got second in our league. Congrats to uh, uh, Champions of Europe. I think believe was the team name that that won our league. So a Chelsea fan won. That, that's yeah, that's a, a Chelsea, Chelsea fan d- uh, did win. Uh, I got I got second place. So you know, Champions League spot, not too bad. Uh, I did, however, win the draft league that uh, Jordan Logan put on and. Pretty happy about that. That's what happens when you when you draft uh, Sala and James Ward Prowse. Yeah, that 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 helps. Quite and a Mendy bit. and Mendy can't forget about that too. Yeah, get I, I, I did finish in fifth in our league. Uh, do I even want to look at the at that draft league? I I completely forgot about it a long time ago. Uh, I can I can pull it up. Uh, Jack, you got tenth place out of twelve. I didn't finish last. You know what? I'll take it as a win. That is true. That is true. I mean, it's going to be hard to get last considering the last place team was 23 points and had the likes of Mendy of Manchester City and Sigurdsson of Everton on his team. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, um, I finished above one person at least then that was real. So, yes, I, I'll yeah. do. I'll return better next season. Yes. Because hopefully. luckily there's no relegation in this. No relegation. All right, Jack, that is it for this episode. A long one, definitely a shorter one next uh, uh, Thursday deep dive. I'm feeling that we maybe talk about uh, our best 11s and we just keep it at that. Keep it at just the best 11? 11s. Ooh, nothing okay. else. Nothing else. Keep it, keep it nice and sweet. N- n- none of the none of the, the BS. Maybe, maybe three honorable mentions, but. Okay. Ah. All right, Jack. Where can people find us on social media? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. And you can also check out our website, finalthirdshow.com, for everything you want to know about uh, our opinions on soccer. You know, uh, great places to be. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we can tweet, we can uh, provide some fun content for the summer for you. So, you know, why, why not give it a follow? It, it, it's free. So, yeah, you might as well. <laughs> Or our website, finalthirdshow.com for a one-stop shop about everything Final Third. Uh, we'll see you guys next Monday for a deep dive, not a deep dive episode, a news and predictions episode where we'll talk about the Champions League uh, final happening as well as the Europa Conference League that wrapped up as well as the promotion final that's happening this Sunday. A lot of exciting games. Uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, the upcoming uh, international break as well. We'll see. Probably a shorter one too if I'm going to be 100 uh yeah and we'll see you guys next thursday for another deep dive episode same time same place tell your friend tell your dad i'm sure he would love to hear us go into pretty in-depth about every single team in the Premier league i'm proud of this episode i'm proud of the marathon all right everybody thank you for watching or not watching listening and yeah we'll see you later see ya bye for now